Welcome back, Bayside. Streaming only on Peacock. Can't wait to start junior year. Saved by the Bell is back. This is gonna be awesome. And taking school spirit. Our rivals just destroyed our mascot. We're gonna crush Valley. To the max. If we don't learn from the past, we are doomed to repeat it. That's why we have all these reboots of teen shows from the 90s. Get a new idea, Hollywood. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun's just getting started. To the max. This is going to be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. There's not been a bad Roman Reigns match since he returned in August. And I feel like, Dr. Trey, Roman Reigns is in his prime right now. It's still everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real Toast Show. Episode number 573 for February 4th, 2021. This is your WWE Royal Rumble recap and review edition of SRTU. The road to WrestleMania 37 is upon us. I'm one after the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co-hosts, the one and only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, what is up, my friend? I was just coming off my Royal Rumble high, getting back into the flow of the week, and oh, Jeff Peck rode to WrestleMania. So it's uh it's it's this is the happy zone. This is the, the time of the year where I can I can pat I can cast aside all my troubles and just focus on Goldberg wrestling at WrestleMania. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, you and me both, you know, grab the family, gather them around the television for uh, five minutes to sit down and watch Goldberg wrestle. I mean, there's nothing better than that, right? I I will say uh, we were blessed this this past Sunday that he was not in trunks, that he was wearing uh, the the Brock Lesnar, Jimmy John tights that he just had covered up. So good to see that Brock and, and, uh, and Goldberg are getting along and actually able to share some gear. All right, let's get right into it. WWE Royal Rumble, the kickoff to WrestleMania season. Uh, the long-standing tradition, I believe this was the 34th annual Royal Rumble pay-per-view. One of my favorite pay-per-views of the year, favorite matches of the year, uh, as we discussed on last week's show, is to sit down and watch the Rumble. And uh, it was a good show, fun show. Let's get into it. Uh, we'll kick it off here. Oscar and Charlotte Flair defending the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship against Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler. Both Dr. Trey and I had Nia Jackson, and Shayna winning. And they won. They uh, regained the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. 
Uh, Ric Flair and Lacey Evans, they interfere in the match. Ric Flair gives Lacey Evans brass knuckles and a woman's right punch to the face later, and Nia and Shane are tag champs again. Uh, the match was good. I'm not sure why Asuka and Charlotte got the tag titles other than for a way to Charlotte return now. Uh, their title run was nothing special and should have been as two of the v- very best in WWE's women's division today. Dr. Trey, your thoughts here. Nia and Shayna back as, back on top as tag champs. Yeah, it, it was a fine match. Um, you know, the, those are four of the, maybe not bet like, okay, so I'll say three of the best women's wrestlers in the world. And then there's Nia Jax. Uh, who's not bad, but she's not on the level of the other of the other ladies. But um, you know, Shayna and Nia do better than, as a tandem, so they can jump back and forth and kind of bully everybody. You know, like you're, you're right, the Charlotte Oscar run wasn't great, and I don't know about you, I'm still puzzled about the Flair Lacey pairing. I, I, I don't really understand the dynamic. Like, is she hitting on Rick? Is Rick hitting on her? Like, I don't really understand. The pairing other than to just traumatize Charlotte with, you know, the lacy knockoff. So, I mean, the shooting the Charlotte knockoff. But, hey, uh, at this point, I, I want to know, Jeff, on, on the pay-per-view, you want to know. So, I, I think we're off to a good start. Yeah, it was a good start. Uh, I did see on Raw Talk they actually discussed the, uh, the pairing there of Ric Flair and Lacey Evans a little bit more. Basically, the reason why Ric Flair sided with Charlotte is because uh, he was tired of being thrown off to the side by Charlotte. Uh, he wants to prove that he can train Lacey Evans to be the best. And then they obviously have that weird uh, flirtatious stuff going on from Lacey to Rick. So it appears right now that the whole premise of the storyline is that Ric Flair is trying to get back at his daughter, prove that uh, he's still a legend, and uh, can can train someone to be better than Charlotte. This, this appears right now that this may be a few that goes all the way to WrestleMania, which would have some very... Uh, strong longevity from now until then, but but who knows? I, it very well could just end at Elimination Chamber, or uh, I believe the Fastlane pay per view in March, and then we have Charlotte Flair in some sort of title match uh, at WrestleMania. But a uh, good way to kick off the show: new tag team champs Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler for the second time. Uh, the show, the main show, kicked off with Drew McIntyre defending the WWE Championship against Goldberg. Uh, Dr. Trey and I both had Drew McIntyre and Drew McIntyre did retain the WWE championship. Thankfully, uh, that was a, that was how a McIntyre Goldberg match should have been booked. In my opinion, I was really scared there for a second, but extremely happy to see that WWE didn't take the title off of McIntyre and put it on Goldberg. Goldberg really sold the match post match. Uh, no complaints here other than I don't want to see a McIntyre Goldberg two or Goldberg in world title matches again. So they brought Goldberg back for five, ten minutes, Dr. Trey, to help build up Drew McIntyre. That's what you want to see. That's what you'd like to see. Uh, no matter the age of Bill Goldberg, the way that they've been booking him is someone very strong. And now Drew McIntyre, I saw this on WWE social media account, uh, I believe yesterday. Drew McIntyre joins The Undertaker as the uh, only other superstar to defeat both Brock Lesnar and Bill Goldberg. Your thoughts here as Drew McIntyre retains the WWE Championship over Goldberg. Well, at least I called that when we when we went back to why are they booking this match? It's you know to put McIntyre on another plane, and I didn't know how many people found that category of people who had beaten Goldberg and Lesnar. I, I kind of thought Triple H would be in that category. I I, I just couldn't remember. So, uh, but you know, take you know you, know, you enter category with Taker, uh, that puts you in elite company regardless of what the category is. But that's good for Drew. Uh, but you're right. Like this is how if you're gonna book a fight. Uh, with with Goldberg and it, it needs to be like this. It's it's like two old heavyweight boxers just coming out throwing haymakers, 
and, and just like literally just like I'm gonna throw everything I got into these punches and try to knock this guy out as fast as possible. Um, the spear through the barricade into uh, the uh, television universe, so to speak. I thought that was pretty cool, but uh, overall, like, I, I, it was a fun match. But that's how you need to book Goldberg in those type of matches. Is just everybody just got there, throw haymakers, hit your biggest shots, and then you know go to the end. So uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. So, but you're right. I don't want to see Goldberg in world title matches. I just want to see Goldberg either helping elevate young talents or shutting up the cocky, arrogant, loud mouths, much like him and Drew did with Miz and Morrison, you know, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, um, this was one of two instances that I thought, like this entire pay-per-view could be just described as uh, swerve moments. This was one of them. I was like, they're doing it again. They're putting the title on on, on Goldberg, and then this is going to destroy McIntyre. You know, I can only imagine Twitter revolting, uh, social media, wrestling, social media revolting, us talking about it on Thursday being like, Bill Goldberg, world champion again. Um, just go back to the Super Showdown, how disappointed we were when Goldberg lost, or defeated, excuse me, uh, the Fiend to win the Universal Championship heading in a WrestleMania season last year to set up a Roman Reigns match that uh, nobody wanted to see back then and certainly don't want to see now. But this is how you want to use Goldberg. No offense to him. I don't want to see him in world title matches, but if you're going to put him in a world title match, this is exactly how you book him. There's no reason why at this point in his career and his life that that Bill Goldberg needs to be defeating these young workhorses to become world champion again in 2021 or beyond. Uh, next match here was Sasha Banks defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Carmella. We did not predict this match because it was announced on Friday. Sasha Banks got the victory here and retained the SmackDown Women's Championship. Solid match, and the Sasha-Carmella matches have been very enjoyable. Uh, I said it last month, and I'll say it again. Carmella can wrestle, and if you think otherwise, rewatch her performance in this match specifically. I also think Sasha may be the best women's wrestler in all professional wrestling right now. She has had solid match after solid match after solid match. For a long stretch lately. Fun match, Dr. Trey. Again, Sasha and Carmella have had a very, very good feud. Your thoughts? Yeah, Sasha has been making me eat my words the last, you know, almost year now since she came back, where, you know, for a long time I would knock her that she would not, you know, come off almost not so much lazy, but just she goes work down to her opponent's level. And she's really in that zone now of making everybody step their game up to her level. Um, still not a fan of her promos. Her promos still come up kind of heelish at times, but outside of that, like this was a fun match. It, it elevated, even in a loss in this feud, it elevates Carmella showing that, hey, she can hang with Sasha, which means that she can hang with Bailey, she can hang with Becky, she can hang with Charlotte and be believable. Um, and I do, like, that sommelier is crazy athletic. I, I like that guy. I mean, he's got like Leon Ruff athleticism. So, Reginald? Uh, but it Yes, Reginald. Uh, fun match. I just don't like the capris with the dress pants with uh, no sock. That looks weird to me. But I, I, I'm a sock guy. I don't understand why people want to show their ankles off nowadays. Uh, but it was just a really fun match and a, and a good showcase for both those ladies. Uh, never thought we would have a uh, fashion corner with Dr. Trey here, but but so be it. I mean, that's how we break down these matches. Sasha Banks yes. defeating Carmella again to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, next match here was the Women's Royal Rumble match. I had Bianca Belair, Dr. Trey, Alexa Bliss, and Bianca Belair did win the Women's Royal Rumble match. Uh, our draft teams consisted of, for me, Bianca Belair at number three, Bailey at number one, uh, Charlotte Flair at number 15, Dr. Trey had Alexa Bliss, who came in at number 27, Rhea Ripley, who nearly won it, came in at number 14, uh, Becky Lynch, Dr. Trey also had, who uh, unfortunately did not appear during the Rumble match. Uh, surprises in this Rumble, there was a, there was plenty of them. 
That included the return of Naomi, Shotzi Blackheart from NXT at number five, Tony Storm from NXT at number seven, Jillian Hall at number eight, Victoria at number 10, Santana Garrett from NXT at number 12, we mentioned Rhea Ripley at number 14 from NXT, Tori Wilson at number 17, Alicia Fox at number 21, who ended up winning the 24-7 championship during the match and also lost the title back to R-Truth, uh, Dakota Kai from NXT at number 23, and Ember Moon from NXT at number 28. Uh, the final sequence with Belair and Ripley was really well done, and I love that WWE went with those two to close out the Rumble match because I feel like they are the future of the women's division right now. Very happy for Belair, who rides a ton of momentum into WrestleMania 37 right now. Uh, I've been a big fan of Bianca Belair since I saw her first wrestle during the Mae Young Classic a couple years ago. I felt like she was one of those talents that uh, should have gotten a run with the NXT Women's Championship and obviously did not due to uh, Shayna Baszler, the rise of Rhea Ripley. They moved her over to the main roster. She kind of floundered for a little bit, has has found her footing since coming over to the SmackDown brand uh, from the draft. And uh, I, I, I've likened her, her athleticism. I mean, she's the most athletic wrestler in all of WWE. It's not just men. It's not just the female side. It's the men's side as well. She is, without a doubt, the most athletic wrestler in all of WWE right now. Extremely enjoyable to watch. I, I likened her rise back in the NXT days to uh, the same way I felt when I watched Charlotte Flair. Uh, the sky's the limit for, for Bianca Belair, and, and as is for Rhea Ripley. Uh, very happy for them both, but extremely happy for Bianca Belair. This was a great Women's Royal Rumble match, Dr. Trey. Your thoughts on the uh, Women's Rumble? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think I, I popped more during this match than I did during the men's. I mean, a lot of it was Alicia Fox and Jillian Hall and Tori Wilson and, you know, seeing, and, and, you know, the tour, I mean, the uh, Jillian Billy team up and then the stuff with Peyton Royce. Like, there was some good interweaving of stories and angles and everything else uh getting down even with charlotte being in the final three with bianca and, and uh Rhea, i thought was well done um i'm going to be interested because i'm sure you see what I mean. there's those screenshots of both of bianca's feet touching the ground so it's going to be interesting to see if they actually do anything with that or just going to like pass it off and ignore it um the one thing i didn't like was the booking of alexa bliss in this match but that's just because i love alexa and the feeding gimmick and all that stuff but um, overall, just just a solid women's Royal Rumble. Probably, I don't. This I would say it's either my favorite or second favorite uh, since we started doing these. So it's right there at the very top. So just really good performance all around. So really entertaining. You know, I was just about to ask you uh, that very question. That I, I felt like since the women have had their own Royal Rumble match, and, and really, and I'll you know, I don't want to want you to tip your hand at all about the men's Rumble match, but I certainly will in a way. I can't recall a time where WWE has had this stretch of really solid Royal Rumble matches. Um, I, I don't think any of the women's, maybe for the except for the first year that they did it, I think there was a lot of bad taste in our mouth because of the Ronda Rousey stuff, uh, stealing the, the, the spotlight from Asuka back then. But, I mean, these matches that they've been doing with the Rumbles, men and women, this women's match was great. It, it's You hit it on the head, Dr. Trey. I mean, they just went and, and it made sense. There wasn't any strange booking, and this is like you're throwing in a bunch of different people from NXT and and legends and and old stars. Like I just couldn't get enough of it. I just thought it was a at the end of that that match, the women's rumble match. I was like, wow, that was really really well done. And how you would like to see a rumble match take place? They've they've had a fantastic stretch of rumble matches. I felt like WWE has. 
Yeah, I would say the last three years, definitely on both sides, men's and women's, been probably their best stretch of rumbles. If you if you if you ever want to break up like three year increments, I mean that's just that's and that's about as good as my memory goes without going into detail and refreshing stuff. But I know like the last cut, the last few years have been really really solid. And you know, I I mean I even saw I saw people even trying to knock Bianca's celebration and the emotional. I'm like, oh come on, people don't understand the struggle that people go through, especially like with her. Like, yeah, she was not an indie darling, but she still had to fight and claw up and prove herself. And not just that, but when you come from a non-wrestling background and get into wrestling and after a match at the Rumble and the entire locker room is saying how much they love Bianca and how much how happy they are for her, that just shows you how hard she's worked to gain the respect of every woman in that locker room. But uh, just like I I still I think last year I may like just a little bull because of the uh, Beth Phoenix gashing your head open and still going later 15 minutes afterwards um that might be just i think i like the ending of this one better than last year's but i think i might like last year's in totality a little bit more but it's very very close yeah very happy for bianca belair winner of this year's women's royal rumble match uh next match here was roman reigns defending the universal championship against kevin owens in a last man standing match we both had roman reigns getting the victory and roman reigns did retain the universal championship on sunday Really good match. I have loved this feud, and I thought Kevin Owens looked extremely strong despite losing every match during their feud because he was always so close to winning and should have been Universal Champion numerous times. I love the booking where Reigns was handcuffed at the count of nine and Reigns took out the referee. There has not been a bad Roman Reigns match since he returned in August, and I feel like, Dr. Trey, Roman Reigns is in his prime right now. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean... uh... Yeah, I can't argue that at all. I mean, Roman's just on a different level right now. Uh, turning heel has been the best thing for him because I th- he's more over now than he's ever been in his WWE career. Like, he elicits actual emotional response from people, which is the one thing I don't think people... I think people, when they were booing him or cheering him in the past, it was more just because it was either the cool thing to boo him or because they just really liked him because he's like such a nice guy. Uh but this run he's on right now has been fantastic. Uh, I will say this, and this is just personal thing. I hate the guillotine finisher. It just it looks really weird for a guy who's six foot four, two hundred and sixty five, two hundred seventy pounds to wrap his legs around another grown man in the front. It, it just looks odd. It I, I, like we can come up with a better finisher than the guillotine for a submission type thing, but. Outside of that, that's just that's just personal knocking and, and being picky. But outside of that, like these matches have been great, the storytelling has been great. You know, you know, like you mentioned, Owens outsmarting Reigns, they get him handcuffed, and I see people knocking back the whole thing. Well, it took you know, oh, they stopped the count. It's like, well, yeah, like sometimes you don't know as a manager how hard it is to do stuff like that and get it done in a certain amount of time. I thought the referee counted his count started his count a little bit too quickly on that. When he came in to replace the other one, like you yeah. should have done slower count, check on the ref that's down, come back to the count, and gave Paul more time. I mean, in the heat of the moment, under those bright lights, Sweaty tried to fit a very tiny handcuff key into a, a, a part of the handcuff that actually is moving when you try to fit it in there. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do. So I, I, to me, that was more the ref screw up than anything else. But outside of that, it, it was just another fun, entertaining match. And you get done going, man. Kevin Owens is tough as hell, and if it wasn't for some chicanery and a low blow, he could be Universal Champion. It's like, man, like I think once again, just like we talked about with you know uh, 
the Carmella match. Even in losing, Owens comes out looking stronger than he did probably going into this feud. Yeah, and that's uh, that's hard to do. The TLC match was really good. Reigns almost won. Excuse me, Kevin Owens almost won. Uh, the Steel Cage match on Christmas Day on SmackDown, really well done. Owens almost won that one. Last Man Standing match was really good, and Owens almost won that one. I mean, it's rare that somebody loses every single match in the feud but comes out of it looking better, and that's what happened with Kevin Owens. Like, Kevin Owens, to me, I, I've always, and you have as well, Dr. Dre, I always believed that he's a main event level guy for this company, but let's call it like we see it. He's probably, at best, prior to this feud, booked at as a upper mid-card guy that, like, knocks on the door of main event level player. Following this feud, three straight losses. Like, as a fan, uh, you know, my personal feelings of, of Kevin Owens and how much I've watched him grow and take over wrestling in the last 10, 11 years aside, the guy looked stronger and better and somebody that is a babyface that fans could get behind. It's it's a, It was really well done. Fantastic match as Roman Reigns defeated Kevin Owens to retain the Universal Championship in the last man standing match at the Rumble. Uh, and then that takes us to the men's Royal Rumble match to wrap up the uh, the Rumble pay-per-view, Dr. Trey. I had Daniel Bryan, you had Big E, and Edge won the Royal Rumble match. Uh, surprises included the return of Carlito at number eight, Damian Priest from NXT at number 14, Kane at number 18, Hurricane Helms at number 23, and to me, the biggest surprise of them all, Christian at number 24. Uh, Christian back with WWE from his uh, his concussion-related injuries from the earlier parts of the 2010 decade. A good Rumble match. I was worried that Randy Orton was going to get the sneaky win, and it nearly happened. This was the, the swerve finish number two. It was a good swerve finish in the match by WWE, and I was happy to see Edge get the Rumble victory for a title match at WrestleMania 37. Again, um, I don't think it was as good as the Women's Rumble match, personally, Dr. Trey, but this was a very good Royal Rumble match as Edge becomes a two-time winner of the Royal Rumble, winning the 2020 version this past Sunday. Your thoughts on the Men's Rumble match? Actually, before we get to that, just to remind everybody, our Royal Rumble draft teams, I had Daniel Bryan at number 17, Edge at number 1, Cesaro at number 28, Dr. Trey had Big E at number 10, Bray Wyatt, who did not appear, unfortunately, and Seth Rollins at number 29. So with that said, Dr. Trey, your thoughts on the men's Rumble match? Yeah, um, overall, thought it was really solid. Not as good as the last couple of years, but it was. it's still, like I said, on, on this three-year stretch, it was probably the third out of the last three that I liked, but it was still really good. And once again, we had storylines tying in together. I mean, the fact here's the thing, Jeff. The fact they referenced the real-life heat between Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins, like just that, I'm like, wow, they're actually – that's actually a thing. They're actually bringing that up. I mean, there was certain little things I, I was kind of surprised that they brought up during the match. So, but from top to, from start to finish, I thought it was really well done, really well executed. Um, not sure if I'm if I'm a hundred percent behind Edge winning, but you know, if, if they go the way rumors are saying they're going to go, I'll, okay, I'll bite into it and I'll get it. But you know, the 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 Christian return was was the highlight. Like the fact that you know here he's back, you know, kind of overcoming. Not the same injuries, but a similar path that Edge had to go through with overcoming his injuries. And Daniel Bryan. Like that was, and Daniel Bryan. I mean, just those guys alone. Like, I would have loved to have seen Bryan, Christian, and Edge, you know, at the last three squaring off against, you know, Seth and, you know, some other guys or whatever. It was, I almost felt like, also, I don't know about you, I kind of felt like Riddle, like, was in the Rumble at the end and nobody knew he was supposed to be there. Like, he, he hasn't been booked terribly strong. And it's like, you're like, wait, he's in the final five still? He's in the final, like, like really? Like, Riddle? Like, okay. I, 
this, I, I think people forgot to tell him, hey, Matt, um, go ahead and get tossed out. Okay, bro. And then just was like, no, I'm not, just hung around the entire thing. But uh, just really well done, really well executed. And, um, you know, just once again, the, the emotion of, of Edge winning, Christian being there, that hug was fantastic. Uh, I was hoping for a five second pose. I think I think most fans of Edge and Christian were hoping for that, but that was you know it's, it's, we'll get that at some point. But then also, Carlito looks fantastic. Well, yeah, he and, did, yeah, and he looked fantastic on, on Monday night as well. So uh, I'm I'm really happy to have him back in the company because he's a tremendous athlete and a tremendous. He's so charismatic and just little stuff, but it's just so good to see him back. And I hope it helps because he gets a decent run out of this and doesn't just kind of get lost in the shuffle and, and, you know, stuck in the middle ground for, for the entire run. Yeah, no, I agree. It was, uh, it was great to see him back. It seems like he, uh, according to reports is, is going through the same process that MVP did when he came back to WWE at last year's rumble. MVP reportedly has been vouching for Carlito, uh, to return and he may be working a producer in our, uh, full-time part-time wrestler role. And I was happy to see Carlito back as well. Um, his run in WWE towards the end there ended on a sour note for a guy that uh, in the mid-2000s was just a, a really solid worker, United States champion, intercontinental champion for WWE. Interesting comment that Dr. Trey made about Edge. More on that in just a second, but let's get through the uh, Royal Rumble predictions record. I went 4-1. and one. Dr. Trey went 3-2. and two. That puts me at 11-3 and three for the year. Dr. Trey at 9-5. and five. Uh, My match of the night was Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens, and my event rating was a 4.2 out of 5. Love the show. Solid Royal Rumble. Great way to kick off WrestleMania season, Doctor Trey. What was your match of the night, and what was your event rating? Yeah, my match of the night was Owens and Reigns as well, and I had it at a four point zero. All right, that's pretty solid. Uh, feel free to chime in at SRTU Podcast on Twitter with your match of the night and event rating as well from Royal Rumble two thousand twenty one. Uh, Doctor Trey, the question I want to ask you here—you kind of alluded to it—was was Edge the right guy to win the Royal Rumble? Do you want to see him in a title match at WrestleMania? There's a lot of scuttlebutt. Uh, amongst wrestling fans that despite the love and affection for edge and he may be working more dates some may put him in that category of a part-time worker a triple h a brock lesnar a bill goldberg and he is getting a title opportunity at wrestlemania something you and i have complained about for many years here why is it different for edge and is he the right guy to win the rumble and also be in a title match at wrestlemania so i i don't hate it um, and I think part of it is because he was gone for 10 years, came back, got hurt again, and then came back. Like you just watch a, a man overcoming obstacles that are in his path. It's hard for me to really hate on that. And he may be outside of Paul Heyman, who we, you and I both love. He may be the best promo guy in wrestling right now. Like his promos are so fantastic. Um, so it's hard for me to hate on him getting the spot. Would I've liked to see maybe a big E get the spot, maybe a Daniel Bryan get the spot. Yeah, because I think they've earned those that right as well. Um, but for a guy who's overcome as much adversity and everything else he has, and I and I wouldn't lump him in with the Triple H Brock Lesnar because uh, to me, it looks like he wants to wrestle, maybe not a full-time schedule, but not a part-time, like a, like a three-quarter schedule, maybe a, a Randy Orton-esque schedule where you know Randy will be around for about eight months, then take off for a, two or three months, then come back and work again. If he can perform at that level where it's, you know, semi-regular, um, I'm fine with it. And, and the comments I've seen him make where he said if he's going to be in the title picture, he's going to wrestle full-time. He's going to be on every show. You know, that's what he believes is is what he's supposed to do 
if he's put in that role, I buy into it. I mean, that's the kind of guy Edge is. So if that's the case, if he can come back and run straight hard for four or five months, six months, and then take four or five months off, I can live with that, Jeff. I just don't know. I, you know, I just, I, I get fans wanting to see some of the younger talent get pushed to the top, but really, I mean, there's nobody else. There's only, okay, there's only a handful of people you can put into a main event match at WrestleMania and people go, okay, I have to watch Mania because I have to see how this match plays out. And I just don't know if there's anybody else on the roster that has that kind of spark right now like Edge does. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I remember going back to last week's show, right, uh, leading into it on Monday, Edge officially announced he would be in the Royal Rumble match. We're picking the draft teams. Uh, I selected Edge. And I remember you saying, like, oh, that's a good pick. Completely forgot that he was in the match. I think a lot of people did, essentially. I mean, there's been no buildup outside of that Monday before the Rumble itself about anything about Edge returning. I don't know if they it was literally up against the gun of when he would be cleared and, and they, they didn't do their normal vignettes or promos or anything like that. But he was kind of an afterthought. And then when he's in the match and I'm watching, I'm like, man, they could really go the direction of, of Edge. And I think when it comes to the, the typical uh, comparisons of a part-time worker winning the Rumble match or headlining WrestleMania in a specific title match, when you look at Edge, it's it's what it's what you said, right? I mean, he's been gone for ten years, and um, we don't necessarily know what his schedule is going to be like. We're assuming he's going to be part time, but I think he's going to be involved with programming from now every single week until WrestleMania. And if he should win the championship, he is going to be you know on WWE television each and every week, and not gone like Lesnar is or Goldberg is. Um, where the title kind of loses a lot of value. So I think I do believe it's a different situation. I know Edge is obviously on the veteran side of things, and we've seen a run here, especially the last two years on the men's side. Uh, they went with Shinsuke Nakamura uh, the year, two years ago, and then Drew McIntyre, obviously, last year to put over some young guys. But I'm fine with this. It's, it's a redemption story. It's a story that a lot of wrestling fans, a lot of people can get behind, and it's uh, something we never thought was ever going to happen again. If you go back to 2010 when he retired after WrestleMania 27, Nobody ever thought Edge would wrestle again, let alone win a Rumble match. So he wins the Rumble match. This is part of the redemption story. He just got injured, tore his triceps a couple months back. After his initial return, wins the Rumble, then heads to WrestleMania to headline in a championship match. I like it. And I've also liked the swagger post-Rumble victory for Edge. I like the promo he cut on Monday with Drew McIntyre. Here's McIntyre being all friendly. And Edge is like, nope, don't, uh, I don't know why you're acting like this. This is this is not good. This is not how you should be performing. This is not how you should be talking to me. I'm, I'm threatening you to become, you know, take your championship at WrestleMania. And then it was this very similar attitude on Wednesday night when he's in the ring with both Pete Dunne and Finn Balor. And you have to suspect on Friday, SmackDown, Edge will be there as well and cut the same promo or a similar promo, uh, which leads into the next question here, Dr. Trey. I mean, we both given our reasons why we felt like Edge is the right guy and we do want to see him in a title match at WrestleMania, now begs the question, which title match? Uh, I think they're all pretty very intriguing and they're very dream match scenarios. It's Edge and Drew McIntyre, WWE Championship, Edge and Finn Balor, assuming he retains at Vengeance Day, NXT Championship, Edge versus Roman Reigns, Universal Championship, how would you rank these from uh, least likely you want to see to your dream match scenario for Edge at WrestleMania 37 right now? Uh, if if I'm going from least to least like least want to see to most want to see, I would go Drew least want to see Finn in the middle and then Roman on top. And 
mainly it's because of how the storylines have been booked. You know, Drew's a good guy. Drew's a babyface. Edge's babyface. I hate babyface versus babyface matches because you don't get the same crowd reaction. And, all, and, and we're supposed to have people in the building for WrestleMania. I want to see hated person versus beloved person. And I think Drew and, and Edge, we've kind of split the crowd because I think the younger generation would still cheer on Drew and the older generation would cheer on Edge. Um, Balor, if it's in either Balor or Don, either one. Uh, I'd love to see that match. I just don't know if you know Edge on Wednesdays is the best spot for Edge. I think he's you know he's kind of a he's not the attraction that a Lesnar is or and, I, and I'm gonna hate saying this out loud, but or, or Goldberg is, but he is beloved in the wrestling community. I think he's better ticketed for one of the two bigger shows, which leads me to Roman Reigns. I think Roman's on this great run as a heel. I think he is despised. I think him with Paul Heyman and then you know Jay Uso and then potentially Apollo Crews and maybe Jimmy Uso if he gets healthy. I think that's a better spot for him because Roman can throw the entire family at him and he has to overcome these obstacles as well to get to Roman for WrestleMania. I think that's the kind of story we want. And heck, we could get Edge and Christian against you know Roman and, and Jay Uso. Like that's that's pretty freaking Or even cool Jimmy as well. and Jay. Or Jimmy and Jay, depending on Jimmy's status. I just didn't want to throw Jimmy in there into the mix until I know he's cleared. But, you know, you get Usos against Edge and Christian. I mean, who would have ever thought that that's a possibility? And now it's a possibility. So, uh, like, so that's I'm leaning towards. I'm leaning towards that side. Or Edge and Big E, you know, teaming up against those guys. I mean, that, that would be a blast as well. So, I, to me, and then also, I mean, SmackDown was the show that Edge was on yeah. when he had to retire. So it makes sense when he talks about, I'm coming back to get a belt I never lost. SmackDown's the brand he never lost the belt on, so it does make sense in that way as well. Yeah, I think there's some poetic justice there for Edge to be on SmackDown. I'm leaning towards Edge versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania because I do think that's one of those last... Uh, it's very rare in wrestling nowadays to have that true dream match scenario. And when you look at Edge and Roman Reigns in that billing, it's like everything that Reigns has done and everything that Edge has done in his career and leading up to this, it's like, man, that's... That's a dream match. Uh, I think Edge drew McIntyre extremely intriguing. I just think maybe McIntyre is a year or two away from that being in that same level that we're seeing right now with Reigns and Edge. Uh, Edge versus Finn Balor would be extremely fun as well. But for me, it's Edge versus Roman Reigns. And and if there's any hope, if, if there's fans out there that are clamoring for their dethroning of Roman Reigns as Universal Champion, I'm certainly not one of them. But if there's a name that you could put out there that says, okay, this makes sense for someone to finally take the title away from Roman Reigns, it's Edge. Edge versus Roman Reigns right now, if they did it, if they execute it, and I think they will, that would be the closing match at WrestleMania right now. I, I just can't see any other match surpassing that when it comes to billing. Like, that is the main event for WrestleMania, and it's one of those matches that you're like, this. okay, this is a WrestleMania-level main event and uh, one I could truly get behind. So I'm leaning towards Edge versus Roman Reigns, as is Dr. Trey. Feel free to chime in at SRTU Podcast on Twitter or on Facebook.com slash The Still Real Toast Show. Um, for probably the better part of the last maybe three, four years, uh, we have felt that uh, this superstar that is no longer with WWE, Dr. Trey, unfortunately, after they were quietly released, had a uh, a huge opportunity to potentially be the next big thing. I, we at one point literally debated, could this be the next Brock Lesnar when uh, he moved up from NXT to the main roster? And that is one now known as the former freak Lars Sullivan, uh, Sullivan, who was quietly released by WWE. 
Uh, it was revealed by PW Insider that WWE quietly released Sullivan back in January sometime. Meltzer noted on the F4WOnline.com message board that at one point WWE chairman and CEO really wanted to push Lars, but that changed over time. Lars reportedly no-showed WWE TV tapings before he was released. There's no word on when Lars actually no-showed, but WWE was working a new storyline with him in late October and November before he disappeared from TV for the last time. His last match came on October's 23rd SmackDown show when he defeated Chad Gable. Uh, he defeated Jeff Hardy the week before that, which was his TV return match. WWE began airing vignettes and sit-down interviews with Lars in late October and November, but nothing ever came of it. Uh, Lars spoke with Fightful Select on Tuesday afternoon and confirmed the departure. Knowing that he was surprised, WWE did announce it themselves. Lars chalked the release up to WWE being nice about everything, and he was very complimentary of how the company handled his departure. He had added that they released him with compassion and honesty. That was a quote from Lars Sullivan. Sullivan noted that he told WWE he was done with pro wrestling after battling crippling anxiety issues to the point of struggling to eat during days where they were doing uh, TV tapings. He also had trouble sleeping. Lars lost his father last year, which added to an already tough year for him. He said he is his own worst enemy and owned up to multiple issues that prevented him from gaining traction in what he described as his dream job. Regarding his future, Sullivan also said he's likely done with pro wrestling. He once again took responsibility for the issue that led to his departure, calling some of his actions idiocy and his own selfish behavior. Lars was also grateful for the experience with WWE. One WWE source noted that they saw Lars shirtless sit-down interviews with Michael Cole as sabotage, but if it was a test, he passed it. Sullivan said he liked doing the promo segment and saw it as WWE trying to add more depth to his character. He revealed that he was given specific instructions to breathe heavy through his nose and use the verbiage that he did. Lars reiterated that he was treated well by both the WWE office and others in the locker room, noting that this was not a case of bullying. Dr. Trey, at one point, I mean, like I said, we compared his 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 uh, appearances, his debuts on the main roster, to the same way that Lesnar debuted back in early 2002 uh, in WWE. This guy had had an uh, I, I thought was going to be a megastar. It obviously, for now, is not panning out. Your thoughts on WWE quietly releasing Lars Sullivan? So I, I won't say I told you so, but I, I was the one that did not think that Lars was going to go very far. I just there was something about him that I, I could you you loved him. You thought he was you know the, the next big thing, so to speak. To me, that it just there was always something kind of seemed a little bit off in the character and the presentation. Um, that being said, you know, anytime somebody goes through, uh, the stuff that Lars has gone through with his, you know, mental health and then losing his dad and everything else, I wish the guy nothing but the best. And physically he may be one of the most gifted people I've ever seen in a wrestling ring. It just always seemed like there was something holding him back and it just sucks that it's happened for him. Uh, I, I hope he, you know, gets everything straightened out and, and can get his life on track and, and get everything under control because not only is he a physical specimen, but he's highly intelligent. He's, 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 you know, the, the freak was not a bad moniker for him because he was literally a freak of nature. He was, had the size, the speed and the intelligence and the verbiage to go, you know, extremely far in WWE. And I, I, I hope, you know, once he kind of gets things straightened out, if this is his dream job that he could circle back to it. And if not, I, I'm sure the guy has a plethora of opportunities in, in, in movies. And I mean, he's, would be a great movie villain. I mean, if Nathan Jones could make an acting career, Lars Sullivan definitely could make an acting career. So uh, I really hope he uh, finds his footing and moves forward positively. Yeah, at one point uh, he was rumored to be setting up a feud with John Cena 
for WrestleMania last year. Um, there were reports out there that uh, he had like a panic or an anxiety attack before the going actually to the show to execute the storyline. And uh, there was like this, this weird period of time. I don't know if it was last year now. No, I think it was two years ago where uh, Lars – uh, where like Cena was like hanging around and and they didn't know he, he, he was gonna Lars was gonna be the reason why uh, Cena didn't perform in the Royal Rumble match and then they ran with like this weird uh, he had an ankle injury type deal and uh, they never executed it was actually two years ago that that was supposed to happen so yeah I, I was very high on Lars Sullivan Sullivan and uh, it's unfortunate seems like he dealt with a lot of uh, personal issues so we wish him nothing the best and whatever he does next uh, he certainly had some baggage. That has been well documented here on the show, and um, who knows? Uh, we've we've seen stranger things happen. We've seen people who uh, were at the lowest of lows, like Drew McIntyre, make a strong return to the professional wrestling ring if if Lars Sullivan so chooses. And uh, like I said, we wish him all the best as WWE quite released him back in January. Um, switching gears over to AEW, there was uh, a pretty big moment, and it happened at the final two minutes of uh, last night's AEW Dynamite. As Kenta appeared, Kenta, who is the number one contender to John Moxley's IWGP United States Championship, uh, attacking John Moxley post match when Moxley tagged up with Pac and Ray Phoenix to take on the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega at uh, last night's AW Dynamite Beach Break episode, and which now got everybody spinning. Like, okay, does this mean there's a working relationship with AW and New Japan Pro Wrestling? It appears it does. This comes to us from Wrestling Inc. and Wrestling Observer. The wrestling world was stunned when Kenta attacked John Moxley on AEW Dynamite following the end of the main event. The two are set to face off for Moxley's IWGP United States Championship at New Japan Strong and follows Moxley's attack on Kenta at the last New Japan, New Japan Strong show. On the latest edition of Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer confirmed that AEW and New Japan are working in a, in a, are in a working relationship. He said that a deal needed to be made for New Japan to have Moxley on their shows. To defend the U.S. title in return, Kenta would show up on Dynamite. Post-Dynamite, AW World Champion Kenny Omega met up with Kenta backstage. Things did not go smoothly between them, with Kenta telling Omega to shut the F up. However, Omega challenged Moxley and Lance Archer to a lights-out, false-count-anywhere match where he would team up with Kenta. That is now official for this Wednesday's AW Dynamite. The future of AW and New Japan's relationship is unclear going forward. Due to the pandemic, travel restrictions and quarantine preventing talents from both companies traveling to and from the United States and Japan. Meltzer noted that Kenta could easily cross over because he lives in Orlando and it's possible for other New Japan talent that live in the U.S. to possibly cross over as well. Meltzer also noted that there are people in AEW that cannot wait to go back to Japan. He followed up by saying that once travel restrictions and quarantine regulations are cleared up, anything is possible, including IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion Kota Ibushi and AEW world champion Kenny Omega facing off something that the two want to happen someday. This has been something fans have been clamoring for for some time. We saw a partnership last uh, two months ago now, since we're in February, with Impact Wrestling and AEW Dr. Trey that has carried itself over the last two months. Kenta, New Japan contracted talent appearing on AEW television last night, a match this upcoming Wednesday, along with Kenny Omega. And now the details on our working relationship. It seems like the stars are aligning right now for AEW for some pretty cool things to happen in 2021. Your thoughts of Kenta appearing on Dynamite last Wednesday night, Dr. Trey? and the uh, AEW-New Japan working relationship as we move forward. How good does it have to be to, to be Don Callis and Kenny Omega right now? Like, you can almost kind of go, you can see how everything kind of lines up between these two guys, between these three shows. It's really amazing to see these stars kind of aligning. This is something we talked about on this show 
you know, two months ago when the impact signing happened, which was, or the impact crossover happened, which was, wow, now if they could bring New Japan to the mix, how cool would that be to kind of have all the, all three of these shows working together to battle the, you know, juggernaut that is WWE. And, and you can almost look at it now like, wow, if, if impact new Japan and AEW are working together, does that make WWE the underdog, so to speak? Because there's a lot of uh, possibilities now being cre- created by these brands intermingling and crossing over. I mean, you mentioned Abushi and Omega. Then you think of, oh, the, uh, the Gorillas of Destiny getting in the ring with the Young Bucks or with FTR. Like, there are so many more possibilities jumping into the mix. And it's great for New Japan because now they can get American eyes on their product when they cross over. It's working out well for Impact. It's working out well for everybody involved here. So this is a great little uh, love triangle between these three brands that they can pull off. Now, I mean, we can get New Japan guys showing up on Impact. I mean, it's 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 great crossover appeal for all these companies going forward if they work together on this project. Yeah, I could not agree more. Um, I think it's really exciting stuff right now. Uh, I'm excited to see Kenta showing up on AW Dynamite. This is something we expected was going to see at some point, and it never came to fruition because there was some friction between AEW and New Japan. They weren't really happy with how Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and uh, Cody and, and Hangman Page reportedly left the company. And then once there was a change in the hierarchy of New Japan uh, pretty recently with the president uh, stepping down, it appears now that there is uh, more of a likelihood for AEW and New Japan to be working together. And New Japan needs it. I mean, for me, I, I was watching New Japan each and every week. For the last two years on on Access Television, they get removed in favor of Impact Wrestling, which is totally understandable. And then they don't have a home for the entire year on in the United States. You, you'd have to have New Japan Strong uh, or New Japan World, I should say, the uh, the service there uh, to watch your New Japan. And I just saw earlier today that uh, they'll be appearing on the Roku channel now for I think it's February 11th for an hour each week. New Japan will have programming on there, which is great. I mean, it, it, this is this is what they need. New Japan was was growing. Uh, they lost their their way in the United States market on a weekly television show. The pandemic happened. They lost a ton of momentum. What's the best way you could reclaim that momentum? Well, you sync up and you become partners with the uh, the one of the hottest wrestling companies, if not the hottest wrestling company in the United States right now, in all elite wrestling. So it's a great move all around for both both companies. Uh, if you haven't seen Kenny Omega talking to Kenta yet backstage uh, post AEW Dynamite, I would highly recommend it because uh, there's just a line where he says, I didn't know Switchblade, which is Jay White, who recently reappeared in New Japan, so he's not going to WWE or AEW anytime soon. I, I didn't know Switchblade was going to, s- to send you, and Kenta then told him to shut the F up. So there's this weird Bullet Club stuff going on right now, and uh, there's some things that you know, blurred lines that we saw in Impact Wrestling, some blurred lines in AEW. Jay White cut a promo on, or uh, maybe a tweet. It was actually, I think it was like the post uh, a, a New Japan show where he was taking shots at the uh, the fake Bullet Club going on in the United States. So where there's smoke, there potentially could be some fire, and that would be really good professional wrestling. And uh, we better hope that this pandemic ends soon because there could be some really s- some strong special stuff going on with companies like AW Impact Wrestling and New Japan Wrestling all working with one another. Impact Wrestling and New Japan already kind of have a deal in place because you have TJP and Chris Bay working in that uh, and New Japan Strong shows for the United States here over the last couple of months, uh, which begs uh, brings me to my last 
uh, topic here I want to bring up on this week's edition of the show, Dr. Trey. Uh, but I don't know about you, but uh, from a wrestling fan perspective, we had the Royal Rumble this past weekend, which you, you, Dr. Trey mentioned at the start of the show. It like it brings new joy and 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 cheers you up if if you're like me and you live in the north of the United States. It's it's cold here, you know. By the end of this, heading into WrestleMania season, the snow will hopefully be melted and sunny weather, warmer weather is on the way, and that's what I've mentioned here on the show in the past. Uh, in the same sense, here in the United States, at least, you're starting to see uh, the coronavirus, the COVID nineteen pandemic be slowed down there has been encouraging news positivity rates are going down Uh, hospitalizations are going down deaths are going down thank god Uh, vaccinations are going up and you're starting to see trends that are positive for the very first time in in nearly a year there's been not a lot of positivity going on in the in 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 the world in the united states when it comes to COVID 19 but in this past week recently we've seen some positive trends and, and hopefully continues to stay that way which Makes me wonder, Dr. Trey. I'm somebody that I, we haven't talked about it here on the show. I think I've kind of alluded to it, but but I've been vaccinated. I, being a first responder, I've been vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine. I received my first dose back in December, second dose in January. I'm fine. Uh, very mild symptoms, just fatigue, which is kind of normal for a vaccine. I didn't grow a third arm or a third eye. My hair is still red. Uh, nonetheless, it, it does feel like, in a way, Dr. Trey, that, that maybe there is some light at the end of the tunnel for the end of the pandemic era for professional wrestling. I, I feel that way right now. I ask you, do you feel like with the Royal Rumble this past Sunday, the stuff we're seeing in AEW, the, the, the blurred lines of Impact Wrestling in AEW and New Japan stars coming over to AEW and some of the positive trends we may be seeing here in the United States right now, does it feel like to you that maybe we are reaching the light at the end of the tunnel for the pandemic era for professional wrestling to come to an end? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's finally taking a positive turn, at least. Um, in my state, I don't know if you saw this, Jeff, we are now number one in a new COVID cases. So Alabama, we win the national championship of football and apparently we're winning the COVID race. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the everywhere else in the country that maybe, you know, took it a little bit more seriously than my neck of the woods, uh, seems to be, you know, making some positive turns. I mean, you know, California's opening back up for the first time in nine months. New York's getting a little bit more open back up. Jersey, Pennsylvania, some of the areas that were hit really hard, you know, are now trending in the right direction. Um, and it does make me feel better. Like when you look at WrestleMania and there's some time out like we're, we, we're probably going to have people in the stands and you see the stuff going on with AEW with actually having a little bit, you know, more and more fans in the arena to watch the shows. I mean, this, kind of feels like the slow path to normalcy, I guess. I mean, I don't think if anything will be ever 100% the way it was before the pandemic hit. I think there will always be some kind of trepidation and, and uh, you know, worry until we get farther and farther away from this. But it does kind of feel like, you know, we're finally starting to see the, the sun part the clouds, so to speak, and this is slowly starting to come to an end. Yeah, I, I hope so. Uh, there was a report out there, I think, on Monday morning, I read that, that the uh, backstage vibe at uh, the Royal Rumble was very positive. People started feeling like that maybe this is the uh, the beginning of the end. They're, they're excited for WrestleMania, excited to be performing in front of wrestling fans at WrestleMania in April, unless things change for the Thunderdome. And I can't see this month, but, but maybe March for Fastlane, which I really can't foresee as well. But uh, there really there has not been a lot of positivity uh, when it comes to the COVID-19 pandemic for, for all of us, 
We've been looking for some signs of hope. Um, I think for a lot of us, um, it, it's just kind of been sitting and waiting and hoping for the best. It's certainly been a long process. We're, we're literally coming up a year on this thing where, where uh, it first hit and, and lockdowns and social distancing and masks were, was becoming a thing. Um, and, and a year from when we had that really, really depressing show uh, on the Still Real Talk show where it was like, wow, I can't. It was like the first time that really real life came in and invaded this podcast, the thing that uh, all of us do to get away from the real world. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just, I just hope it's the beginning of the end. Uh, looking for some sort of hope, and, and maybe it is. But at least there's some, uh, some positive things going on right now as the road to WrestleMania is beginning. AEW's got some really fun stuff going on right now with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, wrestling as a whole is, is rather healthy. So it's uh, hopefully the beginning of the end. I still think we've got a, you know, a decent amount of months to go on this thing. But for the first time, maybe ever since the pandemic started, we could see some light at the end of this very long tunnel. Uh, with that said, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at thebowershow.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still Realtor Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us climb the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Trey Franklin. Um, go to our Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. We have a big show coming up this sixth as the Rocket City Championship Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion Sin Bodhi comes back to Rocket City to defend his championship. Uh, we also got some stars from OVW trickling in. Uh, the Tate Twins, fully known as the Boys, will be coming in later this month as well. So some big things happening in Rocket City and. I was just handed a note that Sammy tried to write, so there's a lot of scribbles, but I deciphered it for everybody. Okay. He apologizes for his uh, Royal Rumble picks being so off. So if anybody placed bets based on him picking Mia Yim and himself as the Royal Rumble winners, he apologizes. He says he will do much better uh, come WrestleMania season. Yeah, I forgot to mention his picks there. Uh, I, I, wouldn't it have been something if it, how old is Sammy now, too? Two. Yeah, could you imagine a two-year-old going to WrestleMania? Uh, I mean, he. I mean, uh, I've seen the nine-year-old win tag team, ten-year-old win tag team titles in person, um, and I've seen Matt Hardy's son win a wrestling match at the age of two. So uh, it would not surprise me, uh, giving WWE. But I know that with the COVID restrictions, they don't like having toddlers in the ring. Yeah, it would have been something. Uh, go out there if you haven't seen it yet. The video up on Facebook.com. Slash at a real test show, and that's something we should try to do with, with maybe one pay per view match going forward. Because I just got a lot of joy out of watching Sammy, uh, <laughs> just picking the uh, the action figures there for the Royal yeah. Rumble. Go out there and check it out. Facebook.com slash at a real test show. Uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll be previewing and predicting WWE NXT Takeover Vengeance Day. Uh, we're getting this stretch right now where there's going to be a lot of pay-per-views. Vengeance Day, Elimination Chamber, AEW Revolution, Fastlane, and WrestleMania. Uh, and then I'm, I think you got Rebellion for Impact Wrestling. So the next three months, there's plenty of wrestling to go around. Thank you for making us part of your week. 
Thank you for joining us for our recap review edition of the Royal Rumble. And the road to WrestleMania 37 has begun here on the Still Real Toast Show. So keep it locked here each and every week as we get you ready for the big show in April, Tampa, Florida. Uh, we swear it'll take place in Tampa, Florida. We hope this year. So until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Pack. This is the Still Real Toast Show. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.